welcome to a podcast for Redefined Sisters. We are a discipling community of women flourishing in faith and redefined by the gospel. Our deepest desire is to equip women to be deeply rooted in the word of God and live in community with one another. Welcome back, ladies, to our garden series. We are excited to be in Luke and John this week, and I have a fun question for Jordan. Do you have a green thumb? If so, what is currently growing in your garden? So we love to grow dahlias, and like I said last week, um, we grow dahlias of different sizes, and we started getting into the ones that are like six to nine feet tall. And they're the big dinner plate dahlias and they're gorgeous. The colors are gorgeous. And we also love growing petunias. Along with the petunias, I also grow succulents and just various house plants inside also. Well, I love gardening and our farm is a work in progress, but I really am enjoying the pink rosebush by our pool, which is in full bloom right now, but you have to be careful with all the thorns growing. And my son actually found this out the hard way. And we use it as an opportunity to talk about um, the death of Jesus and his crown of thorns. But um, he looked at his little fingers and he said, mommy, what is this ketchup on my hand? (laughs) (laughs) no son it's actually blood from the thorn (laughs) oh bless his heart I love that I (laughs) know yeah well welcome back ladies grab your bible and journal pour a cup of coffee or tea and join us as we continue to rediscover important truths from each of the gospel accounts Um, This week, we're going to be in Luke and John. I, Emily, will be your host, joined by Jordan Mills. Hi, ladies. Today, we will be focusing on identifying important similarities and differences in Luke and John. We are so thankful for you and your gracious support of this ministry and podcast. Thanks for tuning in. So to start off our time, let's make note of some of the similarities. This will really help us as we study God's word inductively. So I'm going to start in Luke chapter 22, verse 39, as we talk about the familiarity of the garden. Jordan, if you wouldn't mind reading John um, chapter 18, verse 2, that would be great. So Luke 22, verse 39, and he came out and proceeded, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples also followed him. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So next we're going to talk about the betrayal of Jesus. And this is going to be in Luke chapter 22, verses 47 through 48. So ladies, before we jump into the betrayal of Judas, I want to really quickly talk about um, our our last point, which was the familiarity of the garden. So Jesus often um, took this route with his disciples. So I just think it's really cool that um, it was a place they knew well, and they met with Jesus in this place. And so when Jesus went to the garden before his arrest, um, 
I'm sure the weight was just extremely heavy. His disciples um, probably anticipated um, what was about to happen to you because he asked them to pray. And so I just love um, just walking through that. That was one of my favorite aspects in Luke and John. So let's talk about the betrayal of Judas in Luke 22, verses 47 through 48. While he was still speaking, behold, a crowd came, and the one called Judas, one of the twelve, was preceding them, and he approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When those who were around him saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And Jordan, if you would read John um, chapter 18, verse 3, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Yeah, I think, thank you for reading that, Jordan. I think that would be hard as well, because Judas, we talked about this in our last episode, but the Lord still created Judas, even though he knew he would betray him. And this was to fulfill the scriptures. So I just think Judas was willing to betray the Lord or for money, right? It was for personal gain. It would be something that would benefit him greatly. And so when we look at this, it's interesting that Jesus said, are you betraying the son of man with a kiss? He knew this, but this was part of the reason that Judas was one of the 12 to fulfill the scriptures. And in verse 49, I really like this when it says, when they saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And um, I think it's in John's gospel that it actually talks about how Peter is the one who um, cuts off the high priest slave's ear. And so, yeah, Jordan, I think it's in John chapter 18, verse 10. So if you want to read that for us. Yeah, absolutely. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. Yeah, so John um, identifies it as Simon Peter. And so um, I think the idea here that I was really trying to draw was that um, the Lord tells him to put away his swords, right? It's He doesn't want them to come out with clubs and swords. Um, he is at peace with what is going to happen, the cup that he is going to drink. Like he knows this is the father's will and there's no need for violence, obviously, right? And so I think this is a really cool picture because later the Lord restores Peter. So, Earlier, I was meeting with one of our members, and we were walking through a study. And so I wanted to point out from this as we were talking about the betrayal of Judas and Peter cutting off the high priest slave's ear. And um, so I was walking through one of our members um, in Luke, and we got to the portion where he was talking about so Luke 22, verses 31 through 32, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and you, once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. So in, 
in all of these like similarities for me, I really loved the emphasis on prayer and obedience to the Father's will. Mm-hmm. So I, this is just something I really wanted to draw out. So um, just reviewing, we talked about the familiarity of the garden. He walked in this place with his disciples regularly, the betrayal of Judas. So this was to fulfill the scriptures, um, you know, Peter cutting off the high priest slave's ear. You know, this was part of like Satan sifting Peter for to fulfill the scriptures. Like this was all part of it, but how the Lord prayed for him, um, that his faith would not fail and how the Lord asked the disciples in the garden to pray so that they wouldn't fall into temptation. And so now we come to Peter's denial. And so I, we're going to be in Luke chapter 22, verses 54 through 62. So having arrested him, they led him away and brought him to the house of the high priest. But Peter was following at a distance. After they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter was sitting among them. And a servant girl, seeking him as he sat in the firelight and looked intently at him, said, This man was with him too. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. A little later, another saw him and said, You are one of them too. But Peter said, Man, I am not. After about an hour had passed, another man began to insist, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. Immediately while he was speaking, a rooster crowed. And this is the part that gets me, um, because I don't believe that they... They say that the Lord turned and looked at Peter and John from his perspective. But in verse 61, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had told him before, Rooster Crow's Day, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. And so I I just really love this. Um, (laughs) This would be very sobering to have the Lord turn and look at you. I'm sure that the love that Jesus had for Peter was on his face because Peter is later restored in the book of John, I believe it is. And so it's just very powerful, powerful scene here taking place. And so Jordan, if you would read John 18 verses 15 through 26, that would be fantastic. John chapter 18, verses 15 through 26. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood outside at the door. So the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and the officers have made a charcoal fire because it was cold and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them standing and warming himself. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all Jews come together. I have nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me and what I've said to them. They know what I've said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas 
then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peters was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, you also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of a man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it and at once a rooster crowed. Yeah, so it doesn't mention that the Lord looked at him in this passage. That's why I love looking at Luke and John together, because you can kind of see um, what the author was really focused on and the um out of that, out of the context that they were really trying to communicate, they shared. So I really enjoyed reading about um, Peter's denial and just seeing the Lord's love for him and, and later being restored because it talks about that at the end of John. And so now we're going to move to the high priest servant year, which we kind of touched on this before when we were um, talking about the betrayal of Judas, but um, let's go back to Luke 22 verses 50 through 51. And one of them struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus answered and said, stop, no more of this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests and officers of the temple and elders who had come out against him, have you come out with swords and clubs as you would against a robber? While I was with you daily in the temple, you did not lay hands on me. But this hour and the power of darkness are yours. So, Jordan, if you would read John chapter 18, verses 10 through 11, that would be great. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? Thank you. Yeah, I know we were talking about this earlier and just the emphasis that the cup um, that Jesus was about to drink, this was all part of the fulfillment of the scriptures. And so he's just, you know, talking about here to put away the violence, like there's no need for it because he's going to the cross um, and he's going to be obedient to the Father's will. Um, and so we can have forgiveness for our sins. And so I think I just really love that aspect as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This gives two really good perspectives on that, two different ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I think earlier we just read John 18, 3, and so this um, goes a little bit further and a little bit more in depth with it. Yeah. Okay, so next I want to talk about one of my favorite aspects, too, is just the symbolism of the cup. So if you haven't listened to our first um, episode in the series, I would go back and just listen to that again. But in that, we do talk about how um, one commentator wrote that the cup is a figurative way to describe that which was allotted to a person. And the expression was really a reminder of the Passover supper already passed and the crucifixion death still to come. So I think it's important to to highlight that again. But if you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to go back and lis listen again because um, we talk about prayer and obedience. So in that series, we talked about Jesus prayed and encouraged his disciples to stay alert and remain fervent in prayer. Um, he also asked the Father to remove this cup, um, referring to the agonizing experience he was going to enter into out of love and obedience. So I really like the 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 emphasis on prayer and obedience. I think 
um, we see that through um, just these similarities and in the Gospels in general. So let's go to the symbolism of the cup in Luke chapter 22, verses 42, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And Jordan, if you will flip over to John 18, verse 11, that would be wonderful. And I'm going to kind of go there with you, but. Yeah, absolutely. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? And we and we read this too, but I just think it's a good reminder that this is the cup that the Lord um, had given Jesus to fulfill the Father. Sorry, that the Father had given Jesus that He um, would walk in obedience to the cross, um, and He would rise again, and He would be seated at the right hand of the Father, um, interceding for us. Um, and that he will ultimately come back and um, receive us to him. So I just love all of this. I think it was just just such a good study through the Gospels. So to end our time together, let's make notice some of the differences between these accounts. So Luke is more detailed and descriptive over the emphasis on prayer, symbolism of the cup, the Judas kiss, and Peter's denial. But John is honestly like reading a beautiful story that provides shortened and more condensed detailing as the narrative comes to life before our eyes. I like the focus on the betrayal of Jesus, Peter's denial, and Jesus before Pilate, the Roman governor. So, and Jordan, I think we did a John study like a really long time ago, but it was really, really good. So I do love the book of John. Almost two years, I think, since we've done our John study, I feel like it's been a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe we need to go back. That was really, I love the book of John. Yeah. It was such a good study. It was a very descriptive study. Yeah. And if any of you are wondering which study we're talking about, we will actually like link it in our description below and it's from the daily grace. Yeah. We do love the daily grace for sure. Yes. Okay, so we'd love to hear from you as well, ladies, but I'm going to ask Jordan, what have you simply loved about this series? So personally, from my perspective, I loved spending time in each of the Gospels and seeing the different perspectives, as I've talked about before. It's just a beautiful story that um, unfolds that were, you, you know, you're just reading all these details about the garden, just mere hours before Jesus goes to the cross. So the emphasis on prayer in Luke is just truly humbling as we walk through the story and we see Peter falling into temptation in Luke um, 22 verse 50. And then when the Lord turns to look at Peter in verse 61 of that same chapter, it's just really sobering, I think. Like, I just picture like the Lord's love for Peter in that moment. I agree with the sobering thought from when Jesus turns to look at Peter, even in just the love and the look that he has on his face when he tells Peter what he's going to do. And just the love in general that he even has for Judas, even though he's told Judas what he's going to do. And still he loves him and sits there and washes his feet, even though we didn't go through that. But that's something that he still does. And it's, it just takes finding more about how he loves us to a whole different level. 
Yeah, and I think it does talk about in like the Last Supper um, that he he does disclose who is going to betray him. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit last episode, and the way that the way that how it was said was very very sobering. Yeah, yeah, for sure, because it says woe to that man. Um, who the son of man betrays. And so it would be better if he wasn't born like those <laughs> the words. And so- yeah, the way that I read it, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was a lot to read that and be like, okay, he still loves him though. And he's still going to sit here and wash his feet and serve him, even though they're all going, even though this is going to happen, he's still going to sit here and love him. Yeah, I mean, he he still allowed Judas to be part of the twelve disciples. Um, he he did life yeah. with Judas, right? Like, he walked with him, he taught him, he loved him, he served him. So I think those are all really good reminders. I, I think it's, and I I think about the Old Testament too. I think a lot of times when we look at the Old Testament, we see this God who isn't a God of love, but um, honestly, such a a holy and and personal and loving God that he can't be in the presence of sin. So that's why right the cross is so necessary because the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus so that um, honestly, the wrath of God should be poured out on us, but it's not because he loves us. It was poured out on. Exactly. Jesus. Yeah. And so I think that's important yeah. to remember as well. So before we go, I want to talk about some application points that you ladies can maybe um, jot down in your journal as well. So how can you remain fervent in prayer in this season? What distractions might need to be removed for a season? So every day I love praying the Lord's Prayer. And I actually went through, I don't know, Jordan, I think it was like a solid month maybe that I was off of social media. I think it was like a whole month. It was. Yeah. <laughs> it was about a month. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember we did, we were sharing something in, in the redefined community and yeah, no, I think we did a live. That's what it was. We did a live and Jordan was like, well, we haven't heard from you in a while. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think that's just it. A good reminder, like, hey, if that's a distraction, um, just remove it. Like for that season, honestly, you're not going to miss it. You don't need it. It's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. So that was, yeah, that for me, that was really refreshing and what I needed in that season. And so it, it could be anything, honestly. Um, I'm trying to, can you think of other things, Jordan, besides social media? Um I'm trying to think. It could be um, just a pastor that you really admire, um, that you might be looking to more than spending time in God or remaining in prayer with God. Or it could be just being so focused on um, your children and our children are good gifts. But I think sometimes our children do become Mm -hmm. our, our identities. And so I think you have to be careful about that, right? Anything that I believe right now is actually my biggest thing is that my children are becoming my identity. And 
basically saying like I'm I'm at home with my kids because I I am I'm at home with the kids all day I cook I clean I do like the normal homemaker thing but my one of my biggest focuses are looking after the children and then the children that I babysit and it's been refreshing just scheduling out time, whether it's in my planner or on like my phone app that's that I have for a planner and having that constant reminder to spend that time in God's word by myself and being able to absorb it and just soak it in and listen to a podcast and it's always children. There's always going to be children, but it's good, like, whether whether I get to just sit there and listen to a podcast or I'm working on helping you work on the script for this podcast and just doing the work for our redefined ministry. That's been extremely humbling and being able to focus on God's word more, and it's helped me learn so much, and that's been my that's been one of the biggest things that I've done is like being able to sit here and focus is through like our ministry and making sure I schedule that time out. Cause if I don't, then I completely forget. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important. Um, and last in what way or ways is the Lord prompting you to live in obedience to him? So what might you need to surrender? So this is our word of the year, obviously. And this also came up and um, I was having a Bible study with one of our members and um, she was talking about just surrendering things over to the Lord. And so um, this is so important. Um, You've heard from me so many times on what it is for me. Um, Jordan, can you think of anything um, that maybe the Lord is asking you to surrender to him or live in obedience to? For me, like I've been getting a lot of convictions like about different things. So a lot of it has been um, like time on social media because um, there's so much that I do even just within our group. But then I also spend time off of it. Yeah. And that's a big one because that can take up a lot of my time. Um, just learning how to refocus that time into like a better way to where I'm not endlessly scrolling and we've mentioned that before like on the like in the motherhood series that we did before this um because social media can play like a big factor and it's a good reason like also why you took the month-long break like it's just refreshing and that's one thing that he's prompted me to do is just being able to take like that sabbath break that i remind us to do on fridays Mm -hmm. like going into the weekend and just being able to have a good weekend refresher. Yeah. And I think it's okay too, if the Lord kind of prompts you to take a longer period of time when you're off. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, There's certain times that I've done that. So this has been such an incredible series and um, yeah, we can't wait for May and mother's day. We have a fun new guide coming out that I um, wrote for our community and we have a music playlist coming out. So that will be really exciting. So stay tuned for that. Yes. Yeah. We're very excited. Um, Just all of the work that God is doing in this um, community and ministry is just really 
um, just humbling and encouraging. So <laughs> thank you so much, ladies, for joining us. We will talk soon. Bye. Bye, ladies. Thank you for listening. To continue the conversation with us, join our free membership community at www.facebook.com slash groups slash redefined sisters, or you can email us at redefinedsisters at gmail.com. We cannot wait to connect with you.